I mean, we've been on a call for about 30 minutes. Can't you see how articulate I am? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, you know. <laughs> we we could go off. We could give you we could give you all see how articulate I am. Don't you guys like me? Everybody and welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get That Job, the show where two not-so-interesting guys ask interesting people one question and then interrupt them as they try to answer it. Joining us today is Jerron Irby. Jerron received his BA in Mass Communications from Wayne State College in 2016. During his time in school, he interned with the Washington football team, San Diego Chargers, San Francisco 49ers. In 2018, Jerron was on the Super Bowl PR staff and account executive at Yelp and a public relations game day assistant for the Golden State Warriors, all while earning graduate degree credits at the University of San Francisco. In 2019, he was an integral part of running marketing and social content for the Alliance of American Football. After the league went under and much of the sports business world was asking who was running the dope social content for them, Jerron was brought on to help Wasserman as an athlete marketing representative. Today, he is studying to finish his master's at Georgetown University and works full-time as a social media marketing specialist for ESPN. Jerron, welcome to the show, and how the fuck did you get that job? That sound did a lot better than how <laughs> how I, I feel about my career. I think that... <laughs> I think I've checked some pretty nice boxes, but damn, that that sounded good. Man. That sounded pretty good. I'll take it. Man, run, but, running through, because I I mean, we talked about it before coming on the air, but you and I talked before, and I I think it was it was shortly after the AAF, and we had a good conversation about social content, but I had no idea, I, and we talked about your time with the Warriors, but I had no idea how extensive your background was from the team side. So that was something, when I was putting this together, I was like, he's been with he's seen a lot of teams operate yeah for sure i mean like obviously like we could start there but it those those first three roles that you mentioned were all you know internships that starting at the bottom of the barrel just doing whatever you know the executives put on your plate and you know basically uh trying to prove myself to uh then land the next one so it yeah it, sounds great and like I said I, I was honestly like blessed to be able to start in the NFL right away like my you know last last year of college I was able to get uh, a communications internship with the Washington football team now and they were under Tony Wiley at the time he's no longer the senior vice president over there he's now with uh, the Special Olympics actually but Tony's a great guy and you know like basically just handling anything that's necessary about I was working with them during the off season taking a step back and making sure that you know we had everything prepped from a PR and stats and information standpoint about the draft picks that we might hire getting or, or I'm sorry might sign getting the media guys set up for the upcoming year various things of trying to you know collaborate a little more with their social media department that was like my first taste of social media back then and you know spent some good time there and was able to get another one with the chargers and that's kind of how the the train runs and operates like it, it you know i don't i don't know anybody who's in the industry who just kind of uh does one internship or or knows somebody and gets the full-time role right away it's a lot of digging and diving with the, the redskins internship was no pay just full credit so i'm out in the new area not getting any money just you know working my ass off trying to trying to you know get into the industry and then San Diego not not much money there either a year or so later with the Niners same same process so uh, a lot of a lot of uh, long days small paychecks to uh, get to where I am but it's well worth it man just just gotta you know continue to grind it out for a bit for sure man and uh, take us back even uh, before those internships one place we'd like to start with people is what made Wayne State College the right pick for you? Because that's usually, you know, one of the first major decisions somebody makes in their life. So why, why Wayne State? Yeah, so I was an athlete in high school, or at least I like to think of myself as an athlete. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was a little smaller guy. I like, to, I like to think I was pretty good at corner. And, um, you know, I got a couple different uh, D2 and D1AA offers, and Wayne State was one of them. They were coming off a year where both of their corners were leaving. And, you know, I, I thought, hey, you know, not not even focusing on my 
career and focused on football. Like this is the place I could come in and possibly play right away. Why not? So that was the reason I moved from the Bay Area, uh, you know, very diverse area to a completely different world in a sense when you're thinking of Nebraska, no, no real similarities to the Bay Area. But, uh, you know, I, I grew a lot and was able to really learn very early on. In the Bay Area, you learn how to adapt with a lot of different people because you're, you're always with various different ethnicities and just types of people. And then in Nebraska, like I mentioned, you're dealing with a whole different type of load of people. So it taught me pretty early how to just adapt to a lot of different like races and ethnicities and just like people from various different backgrounds. And, you know, while I was there, I, I like like I thought I was good at writing. That, that's like the one thing that was a pretty big home skill that I was, uh, you know, working with. So I thought, why not mass comm journalism? Um, moving forward to my senior year, I was lucky enough to win an award in uh, writing in the state of Nebraska. I was the sports editor of the school paper. And, you know, most of my time in school, I'm focused on football, but I'm also just thinking like, maybe I'll do something in the world of sports and writing, but I don't really want to be a reporter. So, you know, no, no true clue of where I'm going, but I'm just applying everywhere, which I would, you know, suggest anybody listening to this does and just like, reach out in a ton of different places and you really just need one thing to stick. And I was lucky enough to have uh, the Washington football team be the place that stuck for me and was uh, able to come in. But yeah, it, you know, it wasn't anything about the education when I'm thinking of Wayne State. It was really just about the opportunity to hop on the field right away. But I'm, I'm thankful that I went there. It's a very small area, maybe like 5,000 people in the city and the closest city is about hour away so you can imagine how different that is from the bay area but i i definitely enjoyed my time in what they call Wayne america and it, it it definitely helped shape who i am today for sure and when you're like going to wayne state and stepping on campus is the goal going to the league or oh, yeah. from the from the start oh yeah it's gotta be right like you know that that's kind of my mentality but I feel like that's that's most people you know if you are doing something especially in athletics I think now people are, are wise enough to want to think about their career early on even if they're going you know d1 like yes I am an athlete but even if I do make it to the you know majors NBA MLB whatever it is following my career there's something else that I will need to do for the remainder of my life so I think, you know, a lot of our age group is wisening up, even if they are great in sports and like wanting to make sure that they have other plans lined up post-career. But, you know, me, you know, I wasn't as smart as some of them and wasn't truly thinking about my career freshman and sophomore year. I'm just thinking like, let me be as dope as possible as I can at football. And, you know, I will write on the side because that's what I'm good at. It took me to the later stages of my, you know, college, collegiate career and just to really figure out like, okay, what, what can I do with what I am naturally good at to step into the business world if necessary. For uh, any of our listeners wondering, Jerron was pretty nice with it, getting two picks and I had 10 tackles <laughs> in a game his senior year. So <laughs> shut funny. up, shut up, Wayne State SID for getting, State, man. getting us that. Um, you talked a little bit about about your internships and moving and moving through there. Once you kind of finished up with with those three, because were those three uh, first off, were those three back to back to back? No, so I mean, like that that's a whole whole another uh, conversation to get into, just really about my uh, my path. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I was I was with the Washington <laughs> football team for the off season of 2016. Um, and then I landed an internship with the then San Diego Chargers. Shout out Jamal LaFrance, who was the PR coordinator during my time there and helped me tremendously during my short time there. And I, I was supposed to be with the Chargers throughout the whole NFL season in 2016. So just to, um, you know, like my mindset going into that year is following that season, I should land a full-time job. You know, I put in a couple months during the off season, and then I have the full, you know, season long internship. I should be knowledgeable enough for a full time job next. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. 
um, about a month or so into my internship, I was actually in a pretty bad car accident and very severe. I was in a coma for about a month. I personally wasn't in the car, just walking across the street. Somebody hit me and, you know, I suffered from skull fractures, severe brain trauma, um, very, very long, extensive recovery. So, you know, I'm in the hospital for a while following the coma, and then I have to go through speech therapy, occupational therapy, as well as physical therapy. And, you know, speech therapy is a little tough because like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. And if you look at me now, you probably would have no idea. But as I mentioned, I, I like to think that I was a good writer in college. So my, my grammar and my communication skills, whether it was verbal or, you know, written, that was my strong suit following that accident and that skull fracture, you know, my, my brain wasn't as functional as it was before. So it took me a lot of time to get a lot of that back. So, you know, it, to answer your question, there, there was definitely a cutoff between that Chargers internship and the Niners internship because it was a very long recovery process for me. But I think that, um, you know, it, it really shaped me. And it's one of the uh, things that I'm, I'm most proud of in terms of like my growth and how hard I worked to uh, get back to quote unquote where I was before. And then I still kind of keep a mindset that because it took about a little over a year to uh, recover and then, you know, kind of get back into work and get back into life. I always like to think that I'm a year behind. So even as I check different boxes and, you know, have, have different goals, I, I keep it in my mind. I should have did that a year ago. Like keep, keep pushing forward. That should have been accomplished a year ago. So it, it was, it was a pretty tough time for me, but I think that it has uh, shaped me tremendously and keeps, keeps me uh, with a Nipsey Hustle type mindset with the marathon continues. Absolutely. Man, that is incredible. I, I had no idea about, about that chapter of your story. And that's, that makes all, all those accomplishments. I know you look at it from that other lens and that's awesome to like keep that chip on your shoulder. But I, I almost look at it from that other side too of, man, this guy lost the year and he's still done all that. Like that's, that's impressive. Like just hats off to you. Sorry, David. I know, I know you were going to come in with a question. I cut you off there. Nah, it's, it's, it's kind of just unbelievable. Have you, how is that like kind of like shaped your, Obviously, you were a hard worker before, but like your work ethic kind of moving forward. It, it that that's the thing. Like it was, you know, the the low point of my life. But honestly, it, it may have helped me the most. Like, you know, I, I was still somewhat young, figuring it out, and you know, I, I felt I felt dope to be able to get that second internship with the Chargers. And in my mind, you know, like very positive mindset either way. But I'm thinking like, okay, like. I should be set after this. You know, I'm, I'm not going to mess this up. I'm going to learn. And then I'll have basically a year under my belt. And then my career is going to be fine. But still, like, I'm not, I'm not close to as focused and intense about, like, what I want to do and what I want to accomplish moving forward as I am now. So, like, you know, like you, you kind of hit it on the head. Like, it, it's definitely changed my mentality, like, the way I think about life. Like, yeah, even before I was focused on, a career and making something of myself but I was focused on like childish things and you know may may not as work hard as as I, I do now just because I, I really just think about life differently which which comes when you you know go through something like that so Absolutely. yeah it, it, it's a lot of negatives that you can look at but I, I think it, it shaped me and made me even better honestly that, that's admirable and powerful and like kudos to you and like all, all respect to you. Uh, I want I have a follow-up question. You know, I want to get into uh, the AAF stuff. You know, I read somewhere in an article that when you got there, there were two people in marketing. Uh, what was that kind of like just really working on a, the foundations of a, of a new league and starting from a blank plate? It, it was great, man. Like at now, I, I can't even say that it was the best experience of my career because like I have a, a different one in place of that now, but it was still, it was still one of the best experiences of my career. Like we truly started at the bottom and like, I didn't come from a deep marketing background, but the VP and director of marketing that were there when I got there, they, they didn't come from a sports background and they knew that I understood sports and I understood football. 
And that is the true reason that they first initially hired me. And then I'm working on, you know, coming up with various campaigns and figuring out how we're going to put together like TV spots and work with different athletes, whether they're AAF athletes or NFL athletes like Marshawn Lynch and how we can partner to get them to promote the league. So I'm, I'm learning consistently. And when, when you're in a startup, you know, whether it is a, a football league or a, a app or, you know, like I worked at Yelp for a short amount of time, but like no matter what the startup is, like they're going to put you in a lot of different places and allow you to wear different hats to figure out what you're good at. And that helped me grow so much, especially from a marketing standpoint, because all my sports knowledge, it was just natural, you know, like these are things I care about. So I know a ton and I know the audience, but there was so much surrounding like marketing that I had no idea about. And being put in the place that I was, it, it was, it was great just because I was able to touch so many different places and work with um, basically important people, stakeholders that, you know, you may not come across in, in a different instance. And yep. it, I, I feel great about what we accomplished. Like another thing, you know, I won't say any names, but the, the individuals who were first hired there from a marketing standpoint that brought me in, like I, like I said, they didn't come from a sports background. So once we got closer to the season, I think I started around September. League was supposed to kick off in February. We're around December, and the awareness of the league is still low. It's much lower than we prefer about two months out. So there was a complete shift to where a, a lot of those leaders in marketing got, got shifted out. But the people who came in and had like one-on-ones with all of us to figure out like who we are and get to know like where are we knowledgeable like how can we you know should we keep this person should we let them go it's a small startup money's tight though some of those higher ups who brought me in got let go like they saw value in me and kept me along for the ride while they brought in a different um you know leader to kind of maneuver in marketing and digital so i i really feel uh great basically that I was able to like show value to these new people who didn't even choose to hire me and really uh really help uh, uh shape shape that league from a social standpoint at least mm. and is there a uh you know I, I guess a piece of content that sticks out in your mind that you're particularly proud of from that from that time at the, with the AAF I mean it it's tough honestly just because uh we, we didn't have a lot of resources. One thing that I will say is we had a, a great social team that was brought in, just not, not only from a league standpoint, but then the team. So this is kind of going off track off your question because it's not one piece of content. But what I say I, I, I'm most proud of is the team that we had and where they were before. Dom Lewis, who was actually... Um, with the Seattle Seahawks before he accepted a position at the AAF. He was brought in as our director of social. There were some additional creatives who were brought in who, uh, like Christopher Stoney is another guy who was kind of leading the creative process of the different content that we were pouring out on digital as well as social. And, you know, these are talented individuals who were in like okay spots in the NFL and left to come here. And then on top of them, they brought in some younger creatives who may not have even had a, a great role in the past. And we helped, you know, we really helped generate so much content for the league and like really made it look, at least from what I think is dope, not just from a league standpoint, but we were also creating all the content for the individual teams. So, you know, most leagues, there's the league who handles content for the league. And then every other team has, you know, their individual social teams that handle that branding and handle like their marketing aspect. But we had one team that was handling all of it. So just from a creative standpoint, as well as like a bandwidth standpoint, I think it's dope that the people that were brought in were able to not only make sure that we were promoting the league and, you know, pushing out content for the league, but also pumping a ton of content day to day, week to week for all the teams. And a lot of those individuals, I feel bad that I can't think of each name right now, but there's a lot of people from those different um, creative teams, whether it was on the social side or just, um, you know, designers 
that are now in professional sports all around, uh, you know, all around from NFL to NBA. Uh, girl Maddie, uh, Maddie Dobbins, who actually was with the uh, Salt Lake Stallions. She's now with top ranked boxing. Like a, a ton of us grew from our time there and are now in high places that, you know, it may took us a, a lot longer to get there if it wasn't for the Alliance of American Football. So it, it is a great experience. And that's probably what I'm most proud of, the growth that we had while we were there. And then even though the league folded, people saw the brilliance of various people on the team and wanted to bring them in right away. That's awesome, man. That's uh, Salt Lake Stallions. That was our team, David. It was our team. Shout out Kenny Bell, former podcast guest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kenny, yeah, if, if, if anybody hasn't listened to Kenny's episode, it's a, it's a good one. Um, man, I, I was, this transition now is really interesting because you weren't probably, like, you weren't expecting to transition from the AAF when you were. Take us through, like, how did you find out and what, what was going through your head at that time? You want to know what's funny? <laughs> so, working at the league level, like, I am – you know, aware of these different conversations regarding our budget and like how much money we have and like these changes that might need to happen. And, you know, the, the CEO and basically just the investors, like they were pretty open about things. Um, what happened, nobody, you know, really knew we would fold like we did, but I knew that there was a problem and that, you know, I should basically uh, make sure that I, uh, I might be able to pivot somewhere else immediately if we fold. So I was in a couple different conversations with, um, you know, some, some other uh, businesses and companies at the time, um, really just trying to at least, you know, start, start the process, get to know some people just in case. Um, but how I found out is, is actually pretty, pretty funny. I was actually in like the moment the league vote, the day of when like all the news broke, you know, I, I thought it would, would come a couple of days prior, but who knows, nobody knew exactly. And the day, the moment that the news actually broke, I was in the interview with Bleacher Report. <laughs> I was at the Bleacher Report <laughs> office in San Francisco talking with some other people um, in interviewing for a role over there right when the news broke, which is still super super interesting but um, <laughs> did they ask you about it yeah yeah, yeah. they you know they they're asking like if i knew anything and just, like, 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 like looking like looking at looking at their phones like looking at your watch like uh, did you know this four three two, one it was crazy but um yeah like you know they were of course like interested or whatever but um yeah that was somewhat tough just because then you know it's, it's somewhat like you're back at square one uh, I really liked my role and I knew I was growing and then it's like hey what now you know like what what am I going to do next and if you if you look at my resume I'm, I'm lucky to not have a a really big gap from my next role but that you know while I was at Wasserman uh, a sports agency for those of you listening uh pretty, pretty big sports and agency at that. Uh, I was lucky enough, one of my professors at USF, shout out CJ LeBoy, one of the best NFL agents in the business. He luckily, you know, had, uh, he helped teach at USF and was able to uh, get me in the door kind of under his wing and help uh, lead kind of the social content strategy, as well as try to find different like partnerships and sponsorship deals for various NFL clients on their roster. And, you know, that was, that was a great experience. But even with, with all that being said, that wasn't for sure a long-term thing. So I'm at the AF and that folds. And even though I luck out and am able to spend time in a place like Wasserman for, for a couple months, I'm still trying to figure out what the long-term plan is. And Wasserman is, is possibly that, but there's budget concerns on their end. They didn't plan to bring somebody in CJ luckily saw some value in me and brought me in to assist anyway, but I, I still don't know what I'm going to do to move forward 100%. I'm hoping it's Washington because I love what I'm doing there, but it, it's just a huge question mark. 
about what's going to be the next step in my career. So, uh, yeah, after the AAF folded, that, that, was, that was definitely a, a tough time for me, regardless of uh, the, the Wasserman role. For sure. And it's funny, like, I, uh, you know, I have a similar, like, coming from that agency background, just, it's, I think it's very funny how social media, like, content creation and storytelling is very, is kind of paired with marketing. Uh, and those are very different, like, completely two different jobs. Like, how did you go about doing both at the same time for them? And they, they left it super open-ended. That's really what it is. They, uh, even though they have, you know, 80 something NFL clients, bunch of big names, Marshawn Lynch, Larry Fitzgerald, Andrew Luck. I know he's no longer in the league. Um, Jalen Smith, like I could go on, like they have a ton of big names, but you know, they have 70, 80, 90 clients and they're trying to help them all, you know, like from a business standpoint, and then also just from a, a marketing standpoint, helping build their brand. So it, it was really like like 100% super open-ended. There would be a couple different tasks that, you know, they thought like could be beneficial, whether that is trying to just get all the players free products or, you know, select, you know, a select tier one, I'll call it a tier one athlete, trying to get them to partner with a local or a national brand and put some revenue in their pocket through like a, a sponsorship deal, whether that's throughout the season with uh, meetups in, in person, like experiential type of content, or it's through like social and digital using their wider range of followers on Twitter or Instagram and, you know, working with a company to basically post creative ads. So, you know, like I, I'll, I'll say like it was a learning experience and, and basically the, there was no template, which, which I kind of enjoy. A lot of my roles, there hasn't been a template and, and that creates an area for learning, an area for growth. And, you know, they, they throw a couple different tasks at me. Hey, get this guy, like, just try to get him a free car. We, we just signed this first round draft pick and we told him that we'd probably be able to give him a free car. I don't know exactly how, but I, I'm working on all these contracts. I have to do A, B, C, and D. You try to get him a free car. You know how to talk to people. So like, you know, there, there's different ass like that that come in and, and, and it was great, honestly. I love trying to uh, promote athletes and, and amplify them in any way. And you know, that, that, that's a world I love. So. It, it was all over the place just because like, even though they are so large, they have a small team, but I, I enjoyed every second of it. I smile because I've done that same exact thing. Yeah. Had... <laughs> David's been on that side of it. <laughs> Can you please get him a card for free? Good. I'll check. Yeah. I'll check back in a week. And yeah. like... <laughs> hey, hey, did you get that car? I got, <laughs> I got like, I didn't get him a free car. It wasn't a first round draft pick. Um, you got, you got it. You got the lease, right? I got like I got like forty thousand dollars off the lease, <laughs> which I was honestly I was proud of. And all I had to do was show, show up for an autograph signing for two hours. So and you, you should be like, especially when it's not you know like the quote unquote marketable athlete. When you're able to you know shape something and make not, something out of nothing with a guy who isn't as well known, like that that shows even more like about you. So appreciate it. Yeah, I, I just smirked because I was like, I've been, we've had that same talk, man. It's, like, <laughs> it's just funny. It's funny like that. And uh, so uh, the transition now when we're, when, when you move into ESPN, was that something where the Watchmen was, was kind of letting you know, like, hey, the, the room, where there's not going to be as much room here. Like they let you know that the temporary or like it was going to be temporary or what, what prompted the move? No, yeah, I'm not going to get into a, a ton of detail, but I guess this is, I guess this is still detail. But um, Wasserman, uh, they were actually, because this is a positive for the, my former employee, which I love, so I'll, I'll say it. But they were in process of uh, negotiating with bringing on a, another like pretty big time agent who has a lot of very well-known clients, such as Amari Cooper and others. And they were trying to figure out, you know, that deal and like how much that guy would be brought in for. And then like once that deal is complete, they would kind of be able to figure out like 
what room there is for me, even though, you know, they were aware that they kind of had budget concerns from adding additional people on the team. You know, it wasn't the plan, you know, adding anybody else what like for, to do a role like mine was not in the immediate plan. Once again, CJ LaVoy and Mike Swinson, they just saw something in me. So I, I was lucky for that. But long story short, you know, like uh, they're aware that I'm looking into other opportunities as they're trying to figure out if they can make something work with me. And then once ESPN came together, uh, which is, you know, a, a story in itself, but basically when it looked like I was about to get the offer and then when I actually did, CJ, great guy, uh, you know, they, they were pretty open with like, you got to go to ESPN. Like it's you know it, it's it's ESPN and I I hate to to lose you for these different reasons but that will grow your career in so many ways and you will learn so much and as much as I know that we are utilizing you and it's benefiting the company like you should you you should go like not you should go like you you got to go and you know that that's another great thing like I've had a couple different. Um, leaders that I'm, I'm lucky to uh, have worked with that, that are honest and, and would want me to grow as a person and instead of just doing whatever the hell it takes to benefit the company. So, you know, I've, I've said it multiple times, but I obviously uh, value, value leadership like that. And, you know, like as much as I loved it there, I thought he's 100% right that, you know, like it, it makes sense to uh, make this transition and, and learn more and we'll see what the future holds. That's great. And I, I know, but just speaking from experience, Dave and I both had very similar experience with AJ Vaynerchuk. You know, we'll shout him out, like letting, pushing us to go do something on our own rather than like, rather than, especially in David's case, rather than, you know, yeah. he, he would, the easiest, the path of least resistance was David staying with Vayner Sports. For sure. And yeah, I think that's like a good quality of leaders, you know, just having uh, that, that the best interest and empathy for the, for their worker. Cause you know, that, that, that worker is going to say good things about you, like we're saying right now. Um, and that was a decision that I had and uh, I'm super happy that, you know, he was a hundred percent behind it. And, uh, Happy uh, to to maintain a good relationship with them today, and happy where I am with that. So it's it's just good. It's just good leadership. Yeah, for sure. I don't I don't know AJ uh, that much, but you know you always feel a, a tiny tiny bit cool when you can throw out a, a little name drop. So I'll, I'll name drop Justin Grande, even though he's you know moved on to his own thing. But Justin's a good guy. I was able to connect with him uh, during the Super Bowl when I was out in Minneapolis and. He, you know, we don't talk very frequently, but, you know, he's just another one of those guys who is knowledgeable, likes to uh, expand that knowledge with a select amount of people. And, you know, it, it's, it's great to uh, be a part of that and be able to uh, talk to people who, you know, kind of kind of are doing something in the world and are able to uh, play play a leadership role on your behalf, too. Cool. Sure. And, and you spoke a little bit about how, the, you know, the ESPN process was was a long one and was like took some probably took some twists and turns I, I understand if you can't really get into you know too much of it but would love to like if you have some takeaways for for other people you know trying to get into sports would love to hear more about that experience yeah I mean I, I think there's two ways to go but um I will focus more on like takeaways and like things that I can encourage with other people instead of like you know my my I guess process or you know exactly how I was brought in but let's I'll start out asking you guys a question what what do you think is the main reason people hire other people uh, yeah uh, their story I was gonna say honestly like in in very not business terms just good vibes I think if somebody <laughs> I honestly think if so you like are talking to someone and you're enjoying that conversation and it's having endorphins in your brain and you're they're picking up what you're saying and just vice versa and you guys have the same mission uh and you can get along and communicate well I think that's a that's amazing that's exactly why leaders hire people yeah people hire people because they look at him and say David you know you know that guy David I like that guy 
Yeah, and that, <laughs> they're, they're about. You, I, I could probably sit out and have a beer with that guy. He, he's, he's likable by everyone. You know, like no red flags. Okay, we, you know, we're down to five people. And these, these two, they check all six boxes. David checks four. The one, like one of the boxes that he checks, he's okay, but we need him to do more. This other one, he's never, he's never had a role like this. Like we're starting from the ground bottom. But it's something about that guy. I like that guy. That is why people get high. Like if you're if you're likable, if if you bring something to the table, if you basically are promoting yourself as if you are a hard worker, like that is the cherry on top. And you basically have to be adaptable to everyone in the room. And that takes, you know, communication skills. Like I said, that just takes being likable and, you know, somewhat being a good person. But when you're able to, like you just said, have good vibes, when, when you can give out a little something from your personality that you don't see in everyone. Yes, at, you know, everyone is gonna, like once you're down to the final straw, everyone is gonna check most of the boxes that they're looking for. But if there is something that sets yourself apart, like you, you just have to kind of figure out what that is. And, and that's exactly is what's gonna put you over the top being able to adapt to anyone in the room and hold a good conversation. And then also just, you know, finding, finding your differentiator and then utilizing that differentiator to set yourself apart and sky's the limit. And what, what was your uh, differentiator when in, through that ESPN process? I'm sure there were multiple, but what, what was the differentiator that you can remember using in that ESPN process? I mean, we've been on a call for about 30 minutes. Can't you see how articulate I am? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, you know. We, we could go off. We could give you, we could give you all. See how articulate I am. Don't you guys like me? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's everything that I'm saying. Like, seriously, it's everything, it's everything that I'm saying. I think that I can talk to anyone. And if you, you know, there are people who like others because they are just like them. I bet, I bet you two aren't very much like me. But I think I like you guys, and I think you like me too. So, like, it's, it's, a, it's really just being able to adapt to whoever's in the room. And even if you, you know, like, in a business standpoint, you're not always going to be see eye to eye. But how you carry those conversations plays a part too. Like, if you're able to communicate and figure out, like, I am here, you know, like, some people are listening, not seeing. But, like, I am way, way up north. This person is a little down south. We need to align in order for the business to move forward. Being able to communicate effectively and figuring out the process to help everyone. Like, you know, you got, you got to bring ideas to the table. Like, that's part of that. You got to bring ideas to the table. You got to be willing to talk to people who aren't perfectly exactly who you are. And I, I think that I hold that. Not everybody holds that, and I didn't realize that until, you know, I kind of moved forward with my career and figure out, like, oh, when, when people don't agree with this person, they don't really know how to handle that. You know, not that, they, not that they are basically upset, but they don't know how to get that disagreement to a place that helps everyone, even if, even if that is going with the other person's idea. You, you know, you got to figure out when your idea is the right one and when your idea is the wrong one, and then basically you know kind of how you guys can mesh it together to, to benefit everyone in the room not just yourself so i'm i'm kind of just talking at this point but oh man I, i'm gonna take i want to take a lot from that because that's a lot of that is how david and i operate on the business side where i mean dave and i, I like on paper are very similar but we like someone we like to say we're two very different kinds of white people where i can't come from the midwest i you know, was division three college athlete. Like I, 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 we have very different backgrounds where David's coming from New York. He's Northeast guy. I, we approach things very differently, but when it comes and when it comes to business, we have very different reactions sometimes that like when we debrief phone calls, but we always come to a conclusion that we both feel good about mm -hmm. and we, and then we move forward from there. And that's, sure. that's, I, I really, that, that visual or that, that concept, that really helps me kind of put together why that works. <laughs> For sure. And then the other thing too is, uh, you know, you're talking about how 
like you guys backgrounds and whatnot like the the true leaders the the people who are good at the job they understand that you need you need that you, you need not everyone to have the same point of view you need not everyone to you know like the xfl somebody's somebody's gotta like the af somebody's gotta you know somebody's gotta be a little different the the more diverse your team is the better they will perform and that's including gender race background you know geographic location like yeah we're in bristol but how, how do you think our social team would be if we hired everyone in bristol yeah that just, that just sounds gross <laughs> you know like you, it does you need diversity and and that's what's what's going to make a, a team stronger and you know like i said having taken a step back having diversity is going to lead to some people not um not being in agreement on certain ideas and concepts but that's why you also have to have you know somebody in the leadership to position to be able to take it all in and then communicate proper next steps and i guess the last thing i'll say there too is is, is trusting others you know like everybody has however much knowledge that they can fit in their brain and and, and I, I come in every day I think, you know, every role I've had every year, every month, whatever, I've grown and learned more, but there's still a lot that I don't know. And there's some things that like I'll, idea clicks in my head. I'm like, this is gold. I don't, I don't care if you disagree. I, I, I don't care. This is gold and I know it. And then there's other times where, you know, like I might think something is okay. And then somebody else pitches something and, you know, it's not my first thought. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's okay but if they think that that is gold if they think that if they think so strongly that it's perfect you, you got to have trust in others so you know i think think being able to trust other people on the squad to win is, is another thing too and it, it works out you're not going to know everything you got to trust people who think they're knowledgeable that's man that's a great point i think that's a great spot to end on too and we we're terrible at ending these rounds, so we end with the quick question round. Um, formerly sponsored by my mom, formerly sponsored by Ari Moskowitz, now uh, in talks to be sponsored by Jared Arnsdorf, Pat, the negotiations pending. Um, before we get into this, and Jenna, our editor, you can cut this or not, because this, but this is embarrassing. I need when we say the bay, is that is that the whole is that is that is, is that the whole area where you're from? What, what does that mean? Because <laughs> we have a few questions in here where I, where I include the Bay because I wanted to include like the whole area and I didn't want to like just make it Oakland or just make it like yeah. part of the city. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay the Bay. Like I'm in Oakland right now, but like my dad's from Oakland, but I didn't live in Oakland growing up. So okay. give you guys a little more context and we could cut this if necessary. But <laughs> if, I, if I walk around, if, you know, if I step outside right now and you know, tell someone, yeah, I'm from Oakland, they're going to ask what part. And if yeah. I can't, and if I'm not very clear in my answer, they're going to judge me. <laughs> depending, <laughs> depending on who I'm talking to, it might be a problem that I lied instead of from <laughs> So, yes, say the Bay, because I grew up in the city called Hercules. And the, uh, the Bay Area, like, there's some people who aren't truly from the greater East Bay, which is really what where the Bay is, who will, will bang that they're from the Bay Area. But I grew up in the Bay. So, yes, you can, you can say the Bay. And that is talking about, you know, pretty much, I guess, from a broad perspective, like around an hour from, like, San Francisco in various areas. That's not exact, but that, that kind of works. Okay. That's I, I've now I feel better about that's the lamest I'm probably ever going to sound, but I'm glad I clarified because that's <laughs> also the name of my fantasy football middle school league, like really competitive middle school, high school league. So, really, the Bay, not, not <laughs> the bay because none of us were from the Bay, but it was just called the Bay. So, <laughs> just wanted to put that shout out, right. to, to <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Ardsley Middle School. Uh, <laughs> All right, Gerard. So, number one, the first, the person you'd most want to sit down to dinner with? Stephen Curry. Favorite city in the world? Oakland, California. Not Bristol? <laughs> is it okay to it's say okay. Is, it, is it favorite city or where I want to live? 
Like, favorite yeah. city of the world. Like, yeah, you you answered like the the way you answered it is how you answered it. It's, yeah, it's, the gut, it's the gut instinct. It's the yeah, I, yeah. I know that. I know that it's like not the short answer anymore, and like we can cut the ending. No, you got you got I'm gonna pause for a second. Like that's because of the love, like the love of the area. It you know like has to be greatest just because of the love. It's and it's funny. Some people some people answer that way, and some people go with like their dream destination of where they like want to visit. Um, is it okay to sleep with socks on? No, I mean I can't. Like, it it might be okay, you know. I I'm very open. Do you? I'm I'm a I'm a person who does not does not judge necessarily, but I can't fall asleep with socks on. Never have. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm one of those weirdos. Uh, <laughs> favorite favorite romantic comedy. Hitch. That's, That's a great one. Best spot to eat in the Bay. Maybe R and H. R H from the food to the establishment. R H is a one. Best athlete ever from the back. So uh, it probably depends on the air you grew up in, but I'm going to just say Marshawn Lynch. Peace, Mark. That's a great one. Uh, in 40 years, what are people going to be nostalgic for? Football. Oh, it pulls up the heartstrings, but that one, that one that might be one of the better answers. Football might not in 40 years. And it pains me to say that they're making changes in terms of player improvement from a health and safety standpoint, but – it could happen. That that's sad. I wish I didn't even think of that. I'm mad, <laughs> I'm mad I even thought of that. Just say uh, say movie theaters and like it never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. <laughs> I'm mad I even thought of that. What's the worst advice you've ever been given? One bad advice I was given: don't leave a role you've only been for, let's say, like less than a year. And then second is just just listen to the people above you. You don't want to just listen. Like, you should listen, but you should also have a point of view. Like, you are there for a reason. I'm assuming a lot of people who may be listening to this might, you know, be in a place that, you know, I've been, like, very low on the totem pole in, in my role and, or I guess at my job. And if, if you don't bring your voice and your thoughts to the table and, and you only listen to others, and don't ask questions, who does that help? If you just check boxes all the time and, and don't try to make a difference or if you have any other thoughts from what's being presented, you should always make that known. So don't only listen to others, like don't listen to others, listen to others, but also take it in and have a point of view of your own. I really like that one. That's all I'll say. Um, in one sentence, how do you sum up the internet? Active. <laughs> internet is active. It's never ending and it's growing. And I love it. Honestly, there's like so many new, you know, platforms and just different things being developed and like social, digital. And I mean, you know, I'm a fan. Obviously, I'm on the internet all the damn time, but internet is active and always evolving. Uh, now that now that I'm reading this. I realize I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. So we're going to play it safe. We're going to go Omar's one flaw is blank. Omar Raja? Yep. My guy, Omar Raja. <laughs> Shout out at Omar. Shout out at Omar in, in Sports Center. And I'm go. sorry. I'm sorry, Omar. I'm sorry, Omar. I, I didn't even want to take the – that was my first instinct with Raja, and I was like, I don't even want to – I don't even I don't even want to take the chance of getting it wrong. Omar Raja's one flaw is blank. <laughs> follow follow at Omar Raja or I'm sorry, follow at Omar ESPN on Twitter and Facebook. Follow Sports Center at Sports Center. The man behind Twitter, Sports Twitter, Center. Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> you you wanna know what Omar's one flaw is? Yeah. You know how like people are always learning. People are always like figuring out new things. Like you're, you probably know a lot, but you can always improve, like mm -hmm. always. Omar's one flaw is he knows everything. He can't improve. <laughs> Omar Raja is the man. He's perfect. He's amazing. He's, nah, but Omar is incredible to work with. I, I can't come up with any flaws. I love Omar and he, he's, a, he's a great ally and you know, Call him the homie for sure. You, you you danced around that beautifully enough. No, we're not gonna we're not gonna push you. 
Uh, Go-to quarantine snack. Kettle chips? Haven't even had any lately, but I love chips. I love chips. That's a good one. Last but not least, in 2030, you can catch Jerron Irby blank. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> there it is. Jerron, man, we appreciate you giving us the time. Where do, where do you want to send people to follow you? Uh, I, I'd say I'd say follow me on Twitter. You can also follow me on Instagram if you want. It is at J-R-O-N underscore E-R-B is in boy, Y is in yellow. You know, it's, it's my name, underscore in between, at Jerron underscore Irby. And, uh, yeah, I'm more, a little more active on Twitter, but follow me if you'd like to. There it is. Jerron, we appreciate you coming on, man.